I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here today, and I believe that God's Word will build you up and empower you to do what He has called you to do and to be the person that He has called you to be. Praise God. Now, today we're going to start in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. And we're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God. Praise the Lord. Verse 1, And he looked up, that would be Jesus looking up, and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. It's like putting two pennies, not two dollars. It's like putting two pennies into the offering there at the temple. So he said, Truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all, for all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. I think this lady was really leaning on God as her source I don't think she had other family members, for whatever reason, helping her out. I think she was, was in a place where she had to trust the Lord to take care of her, and she just knew that God would always get her through. And because of that strong faith, she was a very gracious giver, and here doing something extraordinary. Now, we have to understand that if something like this were seen today and were published or, or videotaped today, you'd have a lot of people upset at Jesus. Not that he's going to change because truth is eternal. But look how this would be framed in today's era in which we live. Preacher takes poor widow woman's last two pennies. Ooh, it would make the headlines of major newspapers, and it would show the lady putting the two pennies in, and then all these other people standing around, uh, well-to-do, and, uh, and, and it would be made to look like, you know, all the pastors want, all they want is your money. Notice very carefully that Jesus did not run over to that lady and say, now hold on just a minute, sister, obviously giving all that you have. But you know what? The temple's doing, it's doing okay. Uh, other people are tithing. The priests are able to function, and the Levites are able to carry out their duties here at the temple. And you know what? Although you want to give, you really need this more than we do. He didn't say that, did he? Mm -mm. Some people, unknowingly, now they're trying to be sweet, but un unknowingly, they go in there, and by Trying to help, they actually can undo a person's miracle. Now, I was in Jerusalem one time some years back, and a minister friend of mine was hosting a tour, a conference in Jerusalem. He asked me to come speak with him. We had a great time. But among his team that he, that he brought over to do a lot of the video filming and so forth, he was able there in his ministry 
to bring a certain amount of people. You know, that cost a lot of money to bring the, the, the crew in. So he brought the crew in that uh, they could afford to bring. And that was a full crew, a lot of camera guys and stuff like that. But he uh, he pointed to me and showed me one of his workers who all of his life had wanted to come to Israel. And although he was very, very poor, he took his entire life savings because he was not in that that a team of video team members that were coming along with the ministry. He was allowed to come, but he was only allowed to come at his own expense. In other words, the ministry did not have any more money to bring anybody else from the ministry staff back at the headquarters uh, because it's just, you know, you can't bring everybody, especially when you have a huge staff. He just wasn't able to do that. So he brought the most important people, the camera workers and uh, people like that. But there was one man that wanted to come so greatly that he said, I'll come at no charge. He was one of the employees. I'll come at no charge and I'll still do all of my work and I'll, I'll do it for free and I'll pay my own way. And he emptied his life savings. He, he literally, when he left to go on that trip, he had nothing in the bank at all. <laughs> he just loved God so much. And when he got to Israel, he was weeping. He was crying. Now, he was still doing his work. But uh, he, he was so touched. And he was so happy. He didn't care that he was penniless. He didn't care that he gave it all as unto the Lord to come to the Holy Land and to uh, even to, for him greater than that, to be involved in Christian ministry there in the Holy Land. Well, you know, if he would have just dropped dead, he'd, he'd have been the happiest person in the world to go straight to heaven. Uh, nothing, nothing could out, outdo that from his perspective. He was so happy. Now, some ladies on the bus. And there was a whole bunch of, we had a huge tour, you know, a, lot, a whole bunch of people, hundreds and hundreds of people. But some ladies on the bus uh, somehow heard about this brother, that he had done this, and they were talking, they were collaborating together. We need to take up an offering for him so that we can replenish the money that he spent uh, to buy the tickets to come over here so that we can give that back to him. And the minister jumped in there and said, no, no, don't do that, because they were actually going to do it. He said, no, don't do that. You'll destroy his blessing. He has done this as unto the Lord. Now, don't turn right or back around and try to undo the holy seeds that he has planted. Wow. Lord, have mercy. Praise God. And Jesus did not jump in there and say, oh, don't give those last two pennies. You're going to need those here. You look like you need some money. Let me give you some money. And don't, don't give the God. You're too poor to do that. Now, let me tell you something that Jesus understood and of course, he still knows today, and that, he, that, that the Jewish leaders knew back then is this, you cannot get out of poverty when all that is ever done is that people just keep giving to you. You only get out of poverty when you start giving. If you're impoverished, and you're in lack, you have got to move from a place of somebody take care of me. I wonder where my next handout's coming from. Not that you may not still need some help, but you've got to move to a place where you start giving. Mm -mm. Wow. And that's what the Apostle Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Both chapters are in the context of the giving of offerings. And how the Macedonian church, even in a time of great 
financial difficulty. They gave in the midst of their extreme poverty. Oh, well, they, they don't need to be doing that if they're in a bad situation. No, that's exactly what they need to be doing. That's how you come out of it. You give your way out of lack. You give your way until you give your way out of poverty. Well, Pastor Stephen, if you're giving, you're being reduced. You're subtracting from your net worth. If we could say that you even have any worth, you're, you're having money taken away. You, you, don't, you have to see that you're tying in, though, into biblical principles. You could even call them laws. And if you work those laws that God established in the earth, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, seed time and harvest shall not cease. And you can sow money like you sow seed. And if you sow seed, nobody's going to argue with you because the farmers have proven it for thousands of years. If you sow seed, you're going to get a harvest. You don't have to be a farmer. You can go to the local supply store or grocery store and buy a packet of tomato seeds and if you sow tomato seeds in good soil, take care of it, stuff like that, you're going to have a harvest of what? Tomatoes. And so the Lord sees this woman giving and acknowledges that the, the amount is not as much as what the rich are giving, of course, but the quantity, uh, uh, the quality, because she's giving all. So she's really out giving everybody. Mm-mm. And that really moves the heart of God. It is true that if your offering doesn't move you, uh, it's not going to move God. People are playing games when they, uh, you know, give a hundred dollars and they think they should, you know, God should jump up and do a flip on, on the heavenly throne. A hundred dollars in today's world is not that much money unless, unless uh, you're in a very dire strait. Maybe it's your last one hundred dollars. And uh, that's all you've got to your name, then yes, that would mean a lot. <laughs> that that would be a lot. And I've been in a situation like that before. Woo! Where all I had to my name was four dollars. That was it. And I gave it. And I gave it. And I gave my way out of lack. I gave my way out of a situation that didn't seem like I could get out of. And I just gave, and the Lord brought harvest. And so you just work these principles. Praise God. This is helping somebody. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's jump back just for a moment to the lady that gave the two pennies. Now, one minister today, he's very popular and he has a lot of joy. His name is Jesse Duplantis. He told about the vision he had some years back. And that's on YouTube or, you know, it's out there on all the uh, media platforms. You can just Google it, pull it up. Of the time he went to heaven for five hours and 15 minutes, he had a vision and he, uh, he, he saw heaven. And while he was in heaven, he was allowed to meet certain biblical saints. He met David, met the Apostle Paul, and of course, met the Lord Jesus. But if you, if you dig through some of his recordings of when he rehearses his heavenly visit uh, on some of the major recordings, like the one that was done at John Olstein's church, 
That's a, that's a great synopsis in that message of what he saw. But I've heard other parts of when he talked about some other things that he saw that uh, maybe a lot of people weren't aware of. He said that when he was walking with King David through a certain area of heaven, that he came upon uh, a mansion as they were walking down, you know, these streets, streets of gold. And, you know, there's mansions all over the place. But he said he saw one that was just... Um, Stunning, breathtaking, uh, even with all of the other mansions in heaven, this one, um, whew, it, it was a doozy. And he asked King David, he said, who lives there? He said, the, the widow woman that gave the two pennies. <laughs> Woo! And let me add that this harvesting, this sowing and reaping, it's not just something that brings eternal inheritance, eternal reward, because you, you have a heart for God. She was giving to God. But also in this lifetime, Jesus said, said you will reap the 100-fold. Mm-mm. Something tells me that she just was able to keep on going. She gave her last two pennies away, but you know what? When you're giving, it just, it just comes back. It comes back. Why? It's a law. It's a spiritual law. And you just work it, and you just keep on going. Let me say this to those of you that are new into this system of God's principles. Be consistent with it. My wife and I were not one-time givers. Well, we tried it. I, don't, I really don't see the results. I, I don't know about this. No, you, a giver is somebody who makes it systematic. A giver is somebody who practices it. It's just part of your life. You just give. I would never, ever go into a house of God. I would never, ever go to a Christian meeting and the offering basket is passed and not give anything. I don't care if they pass it three or four times in one service. I'm going to give something every time that basket comes around. Praise the Lord. And I was in a meeting one time when... The Holy Spirit moved in the supernatural way, and five offerings were taken, and it was, it was quite an extraordinary thing to, to see. And even after the fourth or the fifth offering, nobody was in pain. Nobody was going, oh, I gave it all in the last one. The Holy Spirit was orchestrating every single one. It was, it was a sight to behold. Praise God. And all of the provision, all of the money was used for the work of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Keep giving. Keep giving. Keep giving. You'll never run dry. It'll just keep coming back. Keep giving. God keeps bringing it back. He keeps bringing it back. He gives seed to the sower. You'll never run dry. You'll always have something to give. Always. Praise God. Now, Scripture says that the tithe which is 10% of your income, whether it's your earned income or whether you receive an unexpected inheritance, 10% belongs to the Lord. So you pay your tithe and then you need to be a giver. Sow some seed, sow some seed, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. I just see you increasing. I see you increasing. See the, the Lord loves a joyful giver. Uh, if you get into that scripture in the Greek, it actually means a joyful, happy 
hilarious, cheerful, and quick-to-do-it giver. Mm-mm. Just have a heart for God. There's no pain in it. Wow, it has nothing to do with uh, losing something. It has to do with love and joy. Mm-mm. The Lord is good. I see you having always extra to be the blessing, to, to be that person that is just able to show kindness. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that while we are journeying through this world, we're in it, but we're not of it. One day we will reach the, the heavenly shores, so to speak, as the old church songs sing about. We're going to cross the Jordan, so to speak, and one day we'll be in heaven. Praise God. Father, it's going to be wonderful. We thank you that we want to be living for you down here so that we do have the beautiful mansion. We don't want a bungalow. <laughs> we want a mansion. <laughs> and so, Father, we thank you that those, those things will be there. But we also thank you that while we're here on the earth, let us have that cheerful, giving heart. Thank you, Father God, and we thank you that you just keep bringing it back. You keep bringing it back, and when you bring it back, it's, it's increased. It's increased, and now we have more. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. I pray, Father God, that in the coming year, that your people be able to sow the largest seeds that they have ever sown in their existence on this planet. That, Father, if they've been on the planet for 30, 50, 60 years or longer, that if they had a time where they sowed this amount and it was the greatest seed they've ever sown, I pray that they be able to surpass that in this coming year double, that they can sow double of whatever previously has been their largest seed. If you believe it, say yes. Father, I pray that that anointing, that grace be given to them. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Mm -mm. And we give you the praise. Bless your people with great increase. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. If you prefer to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so at our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called, uh, it just says give, and has a, a red heart on it. And you can click that rectangular looking tab. You can't miss it. It's on the homepage. And you can bring your tithes and offerings safe and secure through online transaction. Praise God. They'll come right into the storehouse and the tithes and offerings allow us to continue to function in the ministry and do the work that God has called us to do just as the tithes and the offerings allowed the priest and the Levites to devote themselves to the work of the temple, uh, which involved primarily teaching the law, teaching God's people what we would call the Word of God. That's their number one assignment. And then, of course, overseeing all the sacrifices and things like that and all of the other activities there at the temple. But the tithe, it's God's idea 
just as it worked so beautifully in the Old Testament. The tithe moves up to the cross, to the new covenant, new covenant time, and it goes through the cross into the New Testament. And it's still, it's still God's idea, and it allows the ministry, the church, the function so beautifully. And it also allows the blessing of the Lord's financial blessing package to be unfolded into your life. Let me say this just for a moment. There are some things you can pray about, and you can pray it into your life. There are some things that you can pray and fast, and you can move it into your life. And there are some things in the Word of God that it's a promise, and therefore, because uh, you're a child of God, it belongs to you. This, though, is something that you need to understand. God's financial plan for your life is not based on a promise. It's based on a covenant. And a covenant is different from a promise. And it doesn't matter if you fast day and not, uh, night and you're praying all the time. The covenant does not engage based on your prayer and fasting. The covenant does not kick in based upon, you know, trying to claim a promise. Because it's different. It's a financial covenant. And until you do your part, God's not obligated to do his part. What is a covenant? It's a deal. It's an agreement. It's an arrangement between two people, you and God. And it's based on well-defined terms, and it's sealed with an oath. And when you are fully committed, you give your tithes, and you give your offerings, you have a heart for God, then the covenant is engaged. And trust me, God always upholds his end of the deal in any covenant. Praise the Lord. So get on the covenant platform. Trust me, you need it with all of the shaking that's going on there, out there in the financial world, with all the shaking in the economic system, uncertainty, and you know, all that stuff. Be on the covenant platform. Woo! Glory to God. And you'll always be fine. As a matter of fact, you'll be going uphill even if other stuff is being washed downstream. You are going up, praise God, because the covenant overrides all negative circumstances. Praise the Lord, and you can lean on the Lord. Father, bless your people. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, I'm telling you, the Lord is the only safe place. The Lord and obedience to his commandments is the only safe place. Mm -mm. Today we're going to be in the gospel of Matthew. Let's turn over there today. Matthew chapter 14. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it's actually Matthew chapter 13. And today let's talk about the pearl of great price. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and help us to consume your word, to digest it, to assimilate it into our spirit, into our minds, so we can renew our minds, and, and that it just affect us in its full effect. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 13 and we're going to drop all the way down to verse 
44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You see a lot of focus here. You also see the ability to realize when there's something special and you have to rise up and respond to what you have discovered. Maybe you stumbled upon it. Maybe you didn't have any idea that you're going to run across something like this, but there it is the opportunity of a lifetime and you respond with whatever it takes to get it. Praise the Lord. Let's continue. Verse 45, similar parable. This is one that we want to camp on a little bit longer. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Today, I would like for you to consider yourself or look at yourself as that merchant who's well-trained in the pearl industry. See yourself as someone who knows pearls really good. That's your thing. Pearls, praise the Lord. Now, back in the Lord's day, pearls were the big thing. Emeralds were nice. Rubies and, you know, uh, all of these other beautiful gemstones. That's all good. But they were not placed on the same level as pearls. Uh, Cleopatra, she was crazy about pearls. She opened up a whole shopping center uh, that was lined with nothing but pearl dealers. And in that era of the world, I, I'm telling you, pearls were big, uh, much more than anything that we see today, because now you have pearl farming and, you know, you can cultivate the, the oysters and you can do all of this stuff to, you know, create synthetic pearls and everything. But they didn't have any, any of that back then. So if you found these beautiful, natural, raw pearls, and then especially, of course, a really unique one uh, that had tremendous value in that time and in that culture. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking Beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Mm -mm. Wow, the golden opportunity. The kingdom of heaven. I believe that what we're looking at here is more than just salvation through Christ. I take it that many of you watching. You already have that. And if you don't have that yet, please keep watching. But I believe what we're looking at here is that once you come into the kingdom, you see, of course, the value of Christ because you came in through the door of Jesus. You have received eternal life. You have been ransomed from your sins. The old sin nature uh, of the Adamic nature that has been replaced with the nature of Christ. You have new life living within you. Yes, you're still in a body, just like I am. The body is not what we would call born again. Your spirit is born again. So we have to keep the body under. But as you're in this kingdom of heaven, while here on the earth, you're happy. You're rejoicing. You know you're on your way to heaven. 
But what begins to happen is that you realize this is more than you had ever imagined. And it's like a mountain. And you see yourself loving life and enjoying life in the Lord, but you realize this is great, but this is just only the beginning. I'd like to experience more of God. I would like to get to the top of this mountain. I, I want to get going. I, I believe there's more. And you're right. There is. And so in order to get into maybe what we could call the good stuff, you're going to have to really be focused. You have to pull together all of your resources. Now, what you're going to purchase today, the kingdom in a sense, is not like a pearl that can be bought with a various type of currency. The currency that we're looking at today is not a monetary value. It's the currency of, maybe we could call it selling out completely. Oh, you're going to have all kinds of things that would try to get you to buy a good pearl, nice pearls. You know, like, here, look at this strand of pearls. Isn't this nice? Aren't they shining? Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. That's all good stuff. Good quality. But why is it that you're not still satisfied? Because you're a pearl merchant. And you've heard legends. You've heard stories. You've heard about, you know, the big one. And that's what you're after. You're not satisfied with nominal Christianity. You're glad that you're going to go to heaven. But you realize God's got a lot more for you here and now than just that. And you could, you could have been privileged to be in some special moments where you have seen beyond the veil. You have seen beyond the natural. You have encountered God in a way where he has touched you with his power, with his glory. And maybe we could say in a good way, you were ruined in a good way, because now you're like, well, now that I know, now that I've had exposure to this, <laughs> how am I supposed to go back and live on this, on this previous level that I had been sub existing on? I don't want to do that anymore. And so the search is on. You're looking for the pearl of great price. You're looking for the fullness of the kingdom expression. Mm-mm. And it's a beautiful path to be on. And as you're on this journey of trying to find this phenomenal pearl, there's a filtering that takes place in your life where the Holy Spirit through the ministry of the word begins to shake out of you the things that need to go. And the word, like James the apostle said, it's like a mirror. And when you read it, it reflects back the changes that needed to be made so that the image of Christ is reflecting back. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, you strip things off. You let go of things that would be an impediment. You're really getting streamlined because you want that pearl. Praise God. But 
you may have thought, Pastor Stephen, I'm, I've completely sold out. I have reached rock bottom. In other words, I'm, I've gotten to a place where I have given my all to God. And sometimes we think that's where we're at. Lord, I have surrendered all. And then you stand in church and sing the song, I surrender all. And, you know, we sing through the beautiful verses and we say we have surrendered all. And then you get in your prayer time and you find out you have it. <laughs> Woo! Woohoo! Glory to God. You find out, oh, we, we can surrender a little bit more. Mm. Pastor Stephen, I have my rights. Yes, you do. You do. But if you want the pearl of great price, you realize that although you may have certain rights and certain entitlements, if you want that pearl, not just any pearl, but if you want the special one, you're going to just have to let it all go. Praise God. You're going to have to say this thing is more important than anything else. And that's what I'm living for is to see the glory of God. And so these other things, Lord, just let them melt away. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you let it go. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. You may think, well, I have a right. Yes. You may even think, well, well, now hold on a minute, Pastor Stephen. I've even sown seed and God's going to give me a harvest in that. Well, he can, if you insist on going that route, yeah, you can. But what if that is going to interfere with the greater thing that God would desire to do? And, you know, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a decision on that. These are things that come up in your times with the Lord. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. I think for quite a few Christians that as you're spending time with the Lord, surrendering, laying aside every sin and every weight that would hinder, of course, we're going to lay aside sin. We're going to yeah, get rid of that. Absolutely. But then the Holy Spirit begins to get into these other areas. But you know what? When you're really serious about the pearl of great price, oftentimes, there's only one thing standing in the way. Now, for you, that's something that between you and the Lord. That one thing can be really like, hey, Lord, you know, but, but I, I have my rights. But, but Lord, you know, and you give God 20 scriptures of why you think God should do it. But there's, there's the higher call. There's the higher call. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. And for many Christians, it's not like there's 50 things you need to fix. Sometimes there's just one thing that if you can talk with the Lord and get that one blockage, and that's what it is. It's like a blockage. If you can get that one blockage out of the way, you, who knows? You could shake a city. Praise the Lord. Who knows? Who knows what God could do if you fully surrendered all glory to God? Some of you are destined to touch and impact nations. Praise the Lord. Amen. You certainly don't want that one thing to be something that would be an impediment. 
that would hold you back. Mm-mm. And I'm not talking about sin. I'm just talking about maybe something that you feel you have a right to, you know. <laughs> but yet, but yet you try to be with the Lord and have the deeper walk, but just can't quite seem to get into that zone. Why? Because you're dodging the issue and you're, you're, you're not even, you're not even talking about it with the Lord. You refuse to bring it up as if he's just going to let it override and, oh, that's okay. We'll just work anyhow. I'm God, but I'm going to yield to you. Well, the Lord can work with you on what your final determination is. He'll honor that. We're, we're not robots. He'll work with us. But there is the work of the Spirit to try to get us into a harmony with the higher purposes of God. And if we will yield to that, whoo, I'm telling you, you'll be one of the happiest people on the face of the earth. Others may not agree with that because they may not understand the path you're walking with the Lord. But when you're walking on that path and you know the reality of uh, holding that pearl of great price, walking with the Lord, experiencing the glory, you wouldn't give it up or trade it for anything, anything that this world has to offer from the perspective of what the world would try to get you to trade for. The world has nothing Nothing, zero on the glory of God. <laughs> That's nothing. Nothing that can even come close to replicating God's beautiful glory. Praise the Lord. These issues that take place in the prayer closet, in the time with the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. Let's jump into this a little bit further. James chapter 4, verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet, cannot obtain. You you can murder somebody with your tongue. Not, Not physically, but you can just inflict such venom. Uh, and so there's, there's all of this stuff that's being acted out. James gets into the, um, the situation of adultery. It's a form of spiritual adultery of being betrothed to Christ, but yet you're in love with the world. And this is something that the Holy Spirit really contends with, with the individual believer really intends to get in there and work with that child of God to get them back into a place of faithfulness to Christ. Mm, Praise the Lord. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Verse 5, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns 
jealously. Now, one translation says, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously for us to be faithful. So, you're going to have to work with the Holy Spirit. Woo! Praise the Lord. You know, I was reading an article at a conservative uh, news site on the Internet. And uh, for whatever reason, they had, they had posted, uh, this wasn't like the Daily News, but they had posted a review that one of their editors, who is a Christian, had written about a new movie. And uh, so I just thought, well, I wonder what he's saying here. And I looked at his article, and he was talking about how, how wonderful this new movie was that just came out. And it, and it was released on Disney streaming. And he said Disney decided to release it at 2.30 in the morning. And he said, I'll tell you what, I wasn't going to miss that for anything. So he was up at 2.30 in the morning watching the movie, so excited. He said, I was so excited. He said, I watched the whole thing. It was wonderful. He said, I shouted and made so much noise in the house. I woke my dog up and he asked, whoo, he said, it was wonderful. And he praised the movie, praised the movie. And I just couldn't help but think, I wonder if he has ever gotten up at least once in his entire life at 2.30 in the morning to pray. Oh, they don't even think about that, though. But to get up at 2.30 in the morning to watch a movie, oh, absolutely, brother, I'm there. I'm on the front row. <laughs> Popcorn, soda, everything. This is big stuff. <laughs> it's just interesting how people think sometimes. And so people go just total gung-ho for the stuff of the world. We'll write about it. Praise about it. Mm, it's great. It's the best. You really need to get into this. Wow. And the Holy Spirit tries to work with people that are God's people to be very faithful to the Lord because there's stuff pulling all the time, trying to steal your devotion, trying to steal, uh, just take away your walk, really your love. Your love for the Lord and so that it grows cold and the next thing you know you're just in love with the world you're eating everything the world throws at you all the music the world throws at you, you just listen to it you maybe have your favorite genre but that's you just doesn't matter what they're singing or saying you just like it you consume it and uh, the, doesn't matter what's on TV you're just consuming it eating it watching it and the next thing you know you know um, you just can't hear from God you cannot hear the voice of the Lord, you cannot sense the presence of the Lord, and you can't get in that flow. You can't get into that kingdom flow. That's the pearl. It's the glory. It's that flow. And when you get into it, your entire life turns poetic. Woo! It turns prophetic, poetic. And it's just like a stream. You flow in it. You flow in it. My wife and I, we brought our grandkids, uh, our two, uh, the two boy, uh, on our daughter's side, we got the two boys, young boys, uh, a set of bow and arrows. This is not like the big manly bow and arrow, you know, you, you know, you shoot it and do, you know, you shoot the arrow through a door or something like that. This is just little bitty kid stuff. You know, we're talking like five years old, you know, um, so it can't hurt anything or anything like that. So we got, got them the bow and arrows. And boy, did that ever go over good. You know, they are all excited about the bow and arrows and stuff like that and shooting them all over the house. And, uh, uh, you know, it couldn't 
knock anybody's eye out or anything like that. It's got a big soft thing at the end of the arrow. But boy, do they love that. Mm-mm. Bananas about the bow and arrows. And so, well, after that, let's go out and eat. So we go out and eat. We're at the restaurant getting seated. And Kelly, and Kelly says, I don't think we're supposed to sit at this table. I said, I don't think so either. I, and we both looked at a table over on the far side, and we just said, that's the table we're supposed to be at. So we asked the waitress, can't before, you know, all, all the drinks are served or stuff like that, can we move to that table over there? She says, well, sure you can. So we move to the other table. The moment we sit there, you just sense peace. We all sit down at the table. We order our food. We start eating. And then suddenly I looked over on the wall and noticed what was on the wall. Right next to us was a big sign that said, that said um, what was it? It said archery. A big yellow sign that said archery. And there's a bow and arrows hung right in front of us. <laughs> and stuff like that happens all the time. You're in a prophetic flow. Everything in your life turns poetic. It turns into a poetic flow where you do this and you turn around. That's there. And you can't fake that. You, you can't you can't try to like, you know, well, I'm going to try to like, oh, that, you know, God's in that. God's in that. Uh, if, if you're not in that flow, you can't even can't even navigate those waters. But your whole life becomes like that. Mm, mm, mm. The pearl of great price is that walking with the Lord Getting over into the glory realm, praise the Lord. And you have to do whatever it takes to possess it. See yourself as the pearl merchant. You know the difference between nice pearls, but you also know what it would be like to have a really special one, the pearl of great price. You know the difference. Between the glory, even if you've never seen it, even if you've never been in the meeting where the glory has come down, you still, you know enough from scripture and you know enough from testimonies to know when it is in the meeting and when it's not. And just as King Solomon made the beautiful shields out of pure gold and they were hung on the wall there in the forest palace that he had solid gold. But then later, but later, the shields were sold by his son. And uh, they were were given away to a a king that was going to invade and conquer them. And so he wanted those shields. So they gave him the shields. Well, the son thought, well, you know, the walls are all empty now. We used to have these shields up here. So they made new shields and put them back up on the wall. But then now they're brass. They're not gold anymore. They're brass. Here's the thing. Brass, if you get it real shiny, looks a little bit like gold. But you and, you and I both know that the value is still vastly different. And it's still, although it looks similar, it's still not gold. But in the church, a lot of times, um, what is passed off as being the glory, no, it's not the glory, that's brass. That's brass. The church is very good at presenting brass and acting like it's gold. We can do audio so good now. We can do worship 
so good. We could, when I say good, I'm not necessarily talking about the glory coming in, but I'm just talking about with excellence, lighting systems, fog machines, presentation, presentation. We, the church of the 21st century knows how to do presentation. We can put the bells and whistles on and you can do all of that. And it's still brass, still brass. It's nice. It's nice, but it's not gold. It's not gold. And the pearl merchant knows the difference between the good pearls, even the nicer ones and the one that would be considered the pearl, a great price. And when you have had a taste, if you only have had it once in your life of the glory, you're just like, you know, we have to have that. We have to have the glory. Praise God. You have to get into that walk, into that flow that takes you into that dimension of the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, how do I get into it? You have to be willing to sell all, give everything up to get that. And you can't have it any other way. You can't have, you can't have both at the same time. <laughs> it will cost you everything. And if somebody has told you differently, they were not being honest with you. It will cost you everything if you want the pearl of great price. Now, if, you, if you're willing to compromise or just willing to, you know, cruise along, then, you know, you can, you can have pearls, but you can't have the pearl of great price. Praise God. These times with the Lord, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, He'll go through your stuff like, uh, like 10 TSA, uh, TSA agents checking your, your luggage at the airport. <laughs> you know, open it all up. Well, we're just checking to make sure everything's, uh, there's, there's no bombs in here. And, you know, going through everything. And it's kind of like customs in Israel. They, you know, the highest level of security in the world. They open everything. They go through everything. Got any olive wood in here? Nope. Nope. We better check. Go through everything. 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 Praise the Lord. And the Holy Spirit's a thousand times more precise than that. He'll scan every part of your life. Not to condemn, but to help. He's, he, he's very jealous in this area of your walk with God. Because he's going to exalt Christ. He's going to lift up Jesus. He's going to reveal Jesus to you. So he'll work with you. He'll work with you. Boy, uh, but Pastor Stephen, that's nice. I, I'm just not really hearing nothing from God, though. When I have, my, I have a lot of time I spend with God, I'm just not, and he don't ever talk to me. Okay, there's, there's a blockage somewhere. There's an obstacle that's not being addressed. Mm, praise the Lord. James chapter 4, since we're already there, drop down to verse 8. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Well, I talked with a pastor one time. I ministered at his, at his uh, church conference. We had good meetings. And he said, he said uh, now, Pastor Stephen, I've enjoyed your teaching. I'm going I'm to start getting up early in the morning. I'm going to seek the Lord. And I've never had any kind of an encounter with God ever. I haven't had a vision. haven't had nothing. But I believe, you know, he was saved, of course, but had never had anything beyond just basic you know, elementary salvation experience. He said, I'm going to seek the Lord. And the Lord will draw near to me. I said, yeah, he will. If you do, he will. Two years went by. Two years. And I talked with him on the phone. 
And he said, now, he said, now, Pastor Stephen, for two years, I've sought the Lord. I've gotten up early in the morning. I'd sit in the chair and just wait on the Lord. He tried to sound real spiritual. I was seeking the Lord. But he said, after two years, he said, I have to admit, nothing's happened. I haven't had anything happen. I said, so you're telling me you get up early in the morning. Oh, yes, yes. You spend time with God. And you've done that for two years. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you haven't had, you haven't had anything, nothing, just flat, dead as a doorknob. Nothing for two years. He said, that's right. How many of you know that God, God's not a liar? Well, here's the thing. Like that pastor, there's many people that go before the Lord, and they're happy to talk with the Lord about all kinds of stuff. That doesn't really matter. But if the Lord wants to bring this up, and trust me, he will, that one thing, that one area right there. Oh, now, Lord, we don't need to talk about that. I'm saved by grace. I'm justified by grace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, he'd still like to talk about that one area right there. Well, we're just going to leave that there. You can leave it there, and he won't talk. He won't talk for two years. And if you're not willing to go in that area, he won't talk for 10, 20 years. Wow. He likes to talk about what he wants to talk about. He sets the agenda. Now, you get that dealt with, it's wide open. It's wide open. You're, you're, now, you're on that lane now. You're on the prophetic fast track. And you'll, you'll, get, you'll get to where he wants to take you. But if you're, not, if you're not serious about it, he'll just say, okay, that's fine. You can camp there for the rest of your life. But you're not going to reach the top of the mountain. Uh, and uh, that's normal for a lot of Christians. They settle. They settle for whatever level. Their denomination reached, and maybe at one point in church history, they reached the high water mark, and it was all about what they were proclaiming, and the crowds were there, and the glory was there. 400 years ago, 270 years ago, but how many of you know the cloud kept moving? You followed the cloud by day, the fire by night, the fire kept moving, but yet they camped, and now it's, it's just like a shell. Uh, the glory is not there. Well, on these truths we stand. Yeah, yes, that's good. Uh, and, and walk in the revelation of that truth. But revelation is ongoing. Praise the Lord. You need a new word. You need a fresh encounter. You need a fresh experience. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. The seeking. The seeking. Let's go back just for a moment to Matthew. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. You have to seek with everything that you have. You're seeking after the pearl of great price, the presence of the Lord. It's all rolled into this pearl, the presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the flow of the spirit. It all comes as package. It's like a package. And you, you can get it. It'll cost you everything. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then once you have it, you have to guard it and protect it. Here's why you always will. 
the reason that some people lose valuable things, maybe an inheritance, maybe they were given a lot of money, two years later they squandered it, now they don't have any. The reason people lose value, valuable things is because they never knew how to appreciate it, which usually is equated to they didn't earn it. Maybe it was just given to them, and it was given prematurely, but nevertheless, for whatever reason, they got it, but they had never earned it. They never knew the great value of it, and usually things like that end up getting lost. But when you have given all, to have acquired it, and you knew how much it took to get it. I mean, it took everything. Well, then once you get it, you're never going to give it up. Because <laughs> you know what the price tag is. And uh, now that you've got that, you're just like, I'm not trading it for anything. I'm not trading it for anything. And there's nothing out there that's a worthy exchange. There's nothing that's an equal exchange. The world doesn't have anything where they can legitimately say, lay it down for this and we'll swap. There's no fair trade for the glory. There's no fair trade for the presence. Nothing compares to these things of the Lord or, of course, the Lord himself. Praise God. But we're pressing on to higher ground. Mm -mm. You're going up. You're going up into the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Some of you, you're like a balloon, but it's time to cut the weights, the sandbags. It's time to let it go. You know, you have the ballast. It's time to let it go. Praise God. I think you felt safe with those things. Well, we, we, have, to, we have to appear, Pastor Steve, we have to be balanced. Yeah, yes, we understand that. But uh, you're going to have to push. Mm. There's no balanced gold medalist. It takes everything. There's no balanced Mr. Olympia. Not that I'm endorsing that or supporting that. A lot of, that's, a lot of carnality and all of that. But I'm just saying you can't win the gold or you can't win first place in those types of arenas. It takes everything 24-7. You got to watch everything you eat. You got to you got to make sure you get your sleep. You have to. You have to build your whole world around that. Even if you're multi-talented, talent's not enough. Not on those levels. You have to give your your all, your total commitment. You really, uh, you know, some other gold medalists have realized this. You really have to be extremely selfish in those areas of natural. Uh, how can we say worldly success? If you want to win the Olympics, you want to win the Tour de France, you just got to be on a bicycle all the time. You'll live your life on a bicycle. You'll ride 100 miles every day. You're, you will be almost like married to the bicycle seat and to the bike frame. <laughs> if, you, if you want to win, that's, that's going to be your life. If you want to win gold in, in swimming, you're going you're gonna to be in the water all the time, probably eight hours a day. Swimming, swimming, swimming and eating because you're burning calories. Swimming and eating. That will be your life. Praise the Lord. And none of those things have any eternal value. Praise God. But the things of God, it has great reward in this life and eternal glory awaiting for us in the next realm. 
Praise the Lord. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Some of you need to sell out because you can't have it unless you sell out. And maybe there's only one thing left in your heart that you have to sell out on before you can make that purchase. Mm -mm. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, I've given it all up. Well, that's between you and the Holy Spirit. I, you know, none of us have x-ray vision unless God moves with discerning of spirits, which is a supernatural manifestation of the Spirit, and then we can help people sometimes. But these are things in your devotional time with the Lord that if you're going to be there with the Lord, do business with the Lord. In the sense, talk about it. Pastor Stephen, I just feel like I'm under a brass heaven all the time, all the time. Well, that's not normal. Something's not right. Well, I just don't know what it is. We'll find out. <laughs> Trust me, the Holy Spirit, He, he will certainly uh, bring it up. Praise God. And then move with the Spirit. Come into these things. Get the pearl of great price. Get into the things of God's kingdom. And never, ever relinquish it. Now, let me say this as a pastor. It's not easy, is it? The world can, it can, it, I mean, Satan, he needs some kind, of a, some kind of an award. The smoke and magic show, smoke and mirrors magic show of the world system, I have to admit, it's very enticing. There's all kinds of distractions that can allure and pull you out of the deeper, beautiful intent of God's design for your life. And he set it up really well. I mean, we not only have 4K TV, they're ready now to start bringing out the 8K TVs. And it just everything gets hyped more and more. You have to have this. You have to have that. And then you, once you get it, you've got to manage it. Then you've got to program it and set it. Now you have to use it, and it's, it's rushing at you from all angles. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with technology. And I like technology, and I like cool things. But, you know, that stuff will just never end. It's just going to increase more and more. And you have to get to a place with the Lord where you stop allowing the world to just pull you into a thousand different directions. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you say enough is enough, and you surrender. But you have to surrender all. You have to surrender all. Some of you have, you've really, you've done a lot, and the Lord sees it. And for some of you, you're almost there. One more push, and the doors will open, and you'll go through. Hallelujah. So, I would just encourage you to get it all ironed out with the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I have my rights. Yep, Paul did too. And in some of these situations, he said, I, I have these rights, biblical rights. I'm laying them down for a higher purpose so that I can be more effective in ministry and so that I can be uh, a better effective ambassador for Christ. So that my apostolic ministry also would never have anything that would be considered questionable. So he was, he was extremely transparent. Praise God. 
And he saw others use those rights. But in certain areas, he just said, well, I'm going to take a higher road. Praise the Lord. It's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. But I'm talking about whatever it takes for you to go into that place of the greater glory. You can get there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So right now, there is a work of the Spirit. I wouldn't call it a pruning, because a pruning just cuts back and trims it down. This is more, this is different from a pruning. There are some things He's just asking you to just flat out lay down. And for the rest of your life, you may never touch it. I have a pastor friend that uh, pastored a good church, but he really liked golf. And, you know, I can understand that. It's a fun sport. It's a, a beautiful sport. Uh, you're playing in a, a very nice environment that just makes your soul feel good, you know, manicured lawns and all of that. But he said, oh, he said, I, I liked it. I, I was out playing all the time and just playing all the time and wasn't really praying like I should, but I sure played a lot of golf, he said. And he said in his prayer time, the Holy Spirit really dealt with him about golf. Not, not that there's anything wrong with golf, because I, I believe golf is a God idea. I believe it originated from an idea from heaven, and I believe there's golf courses in heaven. I haven't seen any, but I believe they're probably up there. But I would say that I agree with him where the Holy Spirit really dealt with him. He told me, he said, Pastor Stephen, he said, um, the Holy Spirit said, this is something for you that's too difficult for you to handle by, by being involved in it. So, you know, he left the choice with him. So he said he laid it all down. He said, I won't play golf any, anymore. He said, um, I just won't, I'm not going to go out on a golf course. I'm not going to play anymore. And so when I went to his church to speak at his church, his new facility, he showed me a miracle that God had done. There behind the facility was a nine-hole golf course that was given to them. And it had a full pro shop. It had all the, uh, all the gear, all the clothing, and uh, golf clubs and shoes, uh, commercial kitchen. And it was amazing. But he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, he said, God gave this to me, but I never go out on the golf course. I never hit a ball. I don't go to the driving range. I don't do any. I don't touch it. He said, I gave it all to Christ. I laid it all down so that my ministry could be effective. And when I laid it all down, he said, look what the Lord did. He gave me a nine hole golf course all paid for. People are coming, playing all the time. Then they're paying. Uh, and so all of that was supporting the ministry because the ministry owned it. But he said, I have completely given up golf. It's not a temptation. That's why the Lord gave it to me. So um, it's very interesting how the Holy Spirit works. But there must be full surrender. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those today that have danced around the, the issue have danced around this, this thing that would, it would stunt their growth. It's going, to, it's going to do more than that. It's going to distract them 
to a point where they're never going to move on. So I just pray, Father, that there be a grace. I pray that there be a grace to continue on and to lay aside any weight, to lay it aside. Thank you, Father God, that the glory that will be manifested will far outweigh any what would be classified as a loss. It's going to outweigh it by far. So we thank you. We thank you. It'll be one of the greatest decisions they've ever made in their life. And they're going to make the right choice to go on with you. And they'll, it'll be the choice that they'll look back upon and they'll say, that was a landmark decision in my life. And I'm so glad that I laid that down because now it looks like such a tiny thing. Well, at the present time, it may seem like a big thing because it's something that it, uh, it, has, it has something that connects with you, but you must lay it down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I just thank you. Let there be a release of grace. We thank you, Father God. This is a time where you are doing a quick work and a deep work so that you can get your people quickly into their place of assignment because the glory is going to be appearing. Now we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I see that the Lord is going to give those of you that are very serious about this and very hungry for Him. He's going to give you a stretch of a few days of, I would call it, alone time, downtime, where you and Him could have a good talk, get everything lined up and get ready, because you're about to go into a spectacular year. And everything has to be straight. It's got to be lined up just right. So you're, uh, you're going to get all that ironed out with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a wonderful talk with the Lord. And you're going to be under that open heaven. Praise God. You can't live any other way. You're living far below what Christ has, de has determined for you and made available for you. You must go for the gold standard. You must go after the pearl of great price. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If you have been watching today's message, you have to understand that Jesus, in a sense, is the pearl of great price. And you can't get to heaven unless you go through Him. He is the only mediator between God and man. There's no other mediator because the only one who could do it would have to be somebody that would be sinless. And Christ was the sinless sacrifice. And because he went to the cross and accomplished his assignment of laying his life down for us, he has now become that mediator, mediator between God and man, and we can come through Him to the Father. But the only way to heaven is through Jesus. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. Stephen Brooks, are you telling me that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yes, that's absolutely what I'm proclaiming.
And if anybody preach any other gospel or any other message or say there's any other way, let that person be accursed. I'll say it again. If anybody anywhere with any degree or with any uh, expertise says there's any other way to heaven besides Jesus, let that person be accursed. They are a deceiver. They are an antichrist spirit. Jesus is the only way. Praise God. If you would like to receive Christ now as your personal Lord and Savior, and you want to go to heaven, pray this right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died for sinners. You died on the cross, but you rose again on the third day. Jesus, I give my heart to you. Come into my life. Right now, wash my sins away. Give me your newness of life. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. In your name, I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now serve him and live for him. He will lead you and guide you every day of your life. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion together today. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We pray over it and bless it and consecrate it as being holy. This is now the body and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. Father, as we receive the body of Christ We thank you, O God, that you love us so much that your Holy Spirit works with us. You have a jealousy that we would be faithful and not be in love with the world, the world system, with all of its corruption and greed and sin and hypocrisy and wickedness and evil, but that we would love you. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the body of Jesus as we receive it. Let our hearts be fully knitted to you. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the, the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. The door is about to open for you. Woo! The first thing you're going to notice is you're going to be able to pick up on that leading of the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful stream that you flow in. It's like the uh, Gulf Stream up in the air, jet stream. Well, actually, the Gulf Stream's in the water, right? And the jet stream's in the air. <laughs> Praise God. But it's a stream you get into it and you just ride, you ride with it. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, for the forgiveness of our sins. If we have committed any sin, we ask that you would forgive us right now, that you would wash our sins away, take our sins and throw them to the very bottom of the deepest parts of the ocean, that they never be known. We thank you that our sins, you forgive us and you forget about them. 
Thank you, Father God, that in Christ we are justified through what he accomplished for us at Calvary. We're in right standing with you. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God, for your protection in the day in which we live, that as we walk with you, that there is a supernatural shield of protection all around our lives, and the wicked one cannot touch us. We give you praise for that protection. We thank you for the blood of Jesus shielding our minds, our bodies, protecting our spirits. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. There are going to be those of you that have had, I would just call them dreams of horror, dreams of evil, dreams of awful things being done to you. And you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just like, oh, that was horrible. That was disgusting. What was that? I want to encourage you, should that happen to you, that you get up out of bed. Maybe, maybe all you need is 15 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. And ask the Holy Spirit why the enemy was able to bring that dream. And if you'll ask the Holy Spirit, he'll show you why the enemy was able to do that, why he had legal authority to come and trouble you like that. Don't be surprised if it was something that door was open because of something that you listened to that was polluted. Don't be surprised if that happened because the Holy Spirit shows you you were watching that. And when you watched that, there was defilement in that. And that's why the enemy is able to do that. And if that happens, repent specifically for why the Holy Spirit shows you that that the enemy was able to do that. Repent and you'll close that out. He can't do it anymore. The enemy can't do it anymore. Praise God. Your nights are being troubled by that junk. Uh, it's going to be over real quick. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I see a canopy of protection all around your life. Praise the Lord. The glory looks like a like a like a white uh, substance that's very shiny. But the enemy can't get through it. Praise the Lord. In the spirit realm, it's actually, uh, when, when people think the blood of Jesus, a lot of times they think red. But in the spirit realm, oftentimes it looks like glistening white. For some reason, I don't understand that. But it's a, around people as protection. That's the blood of Christ. And it looks like a shiny, brilliant, glistening white shield on both sides. So like a, a canopy. Going around all, all parts. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. You're protected. You're protected. That's one of the benefits of this rich walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, bless your people. I thank you. I see the pearl merchants. As I look through the eye of the camera lens, I see on the other side pearl merchants who are seeking the pearl of great price. And they're going to come into that place with you where they sell all to acquire that great pearl, totally sold out for you and never relinquishing what you place in their hands. 
the deeper walk. Father, we praise you. We thank you in the deeper walk. Father, we praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name.